1: Oh, man, I love the headlines today. I love this. The U.N. backs uh, the Obama administration taking over and federalizing our police force. Well, if they love to do it, we should do it. DHS, in the meantime, is giving Somali Muslims special access to our security um, in the airports. What? what? No, D.N. No, D.N. They're giving them special access and special security tours, the Somali Muslims, because they feel harassed and profiled. And here's another great one. I love this. Wearing don't tread on me insignia could be a punishable racial harassment. So we've got that going for us. But let's start with, I don't know. $400 million being flown out of the country in the dark of night. Oh, and giving all that cash to people who are running Hezbollah. I wonder what you could do with untraceable bills if you're Hezbollah and Iran. We talked to security expert Buck Sexton. We begin right now.
0: ...fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck
2: Program. hello yeah,
1: America. Let's talk to Buck Sexton, our national security advisor. And when he was like 12 years old, he was in the White House Oval Office. Um, and not because it was a Democrat, um, who usually... I think everybody that works for a Democrat in the Oval Office is about 12. No, he actually was competent... And was, I don't know, plucked out of school by big brother when he was very young to go work for the CIA. Welcome to the program, Buck Sexton.
3: Thanks for having me, Glenn. Yeah,
1: I'm sure you're f- pleased with my introduction of you. <laughs> I-,
3: <laughs> I, was actually, I was actually 16, sir. So I was, you know, No, really, how, seriously, how did that happen? I mean, how old were you? Really, when you when when the first time I was in the Oval, oh gosh, I think I was twenty seven. I think I briefed the president when I was twenty seven. So that was that was on the younger side to run an intel briefing for the president. The
1: the the, the first time
3: you were, yeah, that was the first. I was in a couple times. That was the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you did
1: you want to vomit at any point beforehand?
3: Everything was fine with it until I went through the briefing uh, and then I was about to leave and both uh, the, the Veep, uh, Cheney and Bush were in the room and then Bush called me called me back in and I thought, you know, oh, something, I must have said something and he knows that it was like wrong or there was some issue with it and he basically just wanted to tell me that uh, he appreciated that like a, a fancy New York City boy was working for the CIA and, you know, he's proud of me. That's funny. That's funny.
1: Um, Buck, I wanted to have you on because um, the uh, uh, Clinton administration, or uh, sorry, the Obama administration and Hillary Clinton said this and backed this up yesterday, that um, this $400 million that they flew on an unmarked plane, uh, Swiss francs and euros, uh, that is just normal business. And they flew it in in the middle of the night. And this is old news. Do you buy into that at all?
3: No, I think it's, it's farcical, or at least it, it would be laughable if, if it weren't such a serious issue. It's preposterous on a number of levels. I mean, first of all, the way that this was done tells you a lot about it. I mean, you can, you can just ask the question, well, why not? If, if, if as Obama says, and I watched the, the press conference that he gave on this as well, which didn't in, in any way explain to me anything that, that makes this uh, seem any less shady than I initially I had initially thought, why not just do the, the wire transfer? Oh, there are laws about doing a wire transfer with, with Iran that are, that are still well, in place. Also, so.
1: There's also laws about Americans filling a plane up with cash and flying it into uh, and giving it to the Iranians. I
3: mean, aren't yep. there laws about that, too? You would think so. I mean, this seems <laughs> to be an, an end run on sanctions about the Iranian uh, Iranian access to, to the banking industry, uh, to, to global banking. And so they, they gave them all this cash. Uh, but it it looks, I mean, there's, there's several issues that sort of all times one. You have the way that this was done looks terrible, the timing of it, uh, the suggestion that somehow the hostages that were released, as it's, as it's been reported the same day that the Iranians got the cash, it's also been reported the Iranians wanted the cash specifically so that they could, you know, show something for their efforts in this negotiation over the hostages. Um, Obama had said, everyone kind of forgets this now because it was at the beginning of the year, but when pressed, he had said that the nuclear deal and the hostage negotiations that were going on were totally were separate, separate issues. Yeah. Well, if they're totally right. separate issues, why are they being all handled on the same day when Obama's doing a victory dance over putting this agreement into place? Um, and then you just have the, the optics of this I and mean, how it looks. It's cash for Americans who are being unjustly and un- unlawfully detained by an Iranian kleptocracy and and theocracy and it encourages more of this, not just from the Iranians, by the way, but from other bad actors, including uh, terrorist-supporting regimes around the world.
1: Buck, I'm not nearly as smart um, at these things as you are, so tell me why I have not heard this from any of the talking heads on television. Um, Besides not watching a lot of television. Um, (laughs) can, Can you tell me why people have not When I heard the story, the first thing that came to mind was, this is, uh, in many ways, um, uh, very similar to the uh, Fast and Furious, where we gave guns and put them into the system, and those guns are going to be used for terror, and one was used in France. This cash, one reason why you don't give a terror state a whole bunch of euros is because those euros now... Are going to be taken across the board, we gave them cash. What's going to stop those the, those big bundles of cash going into the hands of Hezbollah and others in Europe to kill people?
3: Absolutely nothing. Uh, they the using pallets in an unmarked cargo plane uh, to give money to somebody. I mean, this is all straight out of the playbook of how you would evade sanctions. I mean, bulk. Yes. This is bulk cash smuggling without congressional notification, uh, to a terrorist sponsor. That's really, and it's important to keep this in mind, Iran is the greatest sponsor, state sponsor of terror in the world. Uh, So this is, they're number one now. I mean, there's other countries that have major terrorist problems, but nobody really holds a candle to the Iranians when it comes to directly, as a function of government policy, sending cash, arms, training, and all kinds of assistance to jihadist organizations all across the Middle East and around the world, as we know, I mean, it's not I, and, and not just Shia ones, uh, Sunni ones as well. They have a longstanding relationship and support for Hamas. So there's nothing to stop that cash from getting into right, the but hands. Am I, of, but, but am
1: I? But am I? Am I right to say if we would have digitized that money and put it into the bank, we would have at least had at least one more level of of distance from that money. I mean, you know, giving them any money in any way, it, it, it's going to go for terrorist uh, operations, and you know it will. But giving them a cargo plane full of cash just seems like we've just made it really easy. Well, Is right, there a difference Iran between the have... cash and, and digitized cash?
3: Yeah, well, Iran doesn't have... It's important to keep this in mind. If we gave a $400 million transfer... To, you know, the, the, the French or the Germans, they have access to the global banking industry. And so if they wanted it, I mean, obviously we worked through third parties to get this cash together. We didn't use US dollars. Uh, Iran doesn't have access to the international banking system, and that's been part of the sanctions regime for a long time. So for them to even get this kind of cash together would provide its own level of difficulties, I mean, meaning that even if you did the sort of, you know, at the wire transfer level to, to then make this into a hard currency, Uh, yeah, I think it would be more traceable. Um, But but ultimately, cash, you know, money is money for the Iranians. And I I do think that we should just point out that they're getting a whole lot of money in this transaction either way that is going to help the Iranian state. And by helping the Iranian state, it means that they'll be more able to use terrorism. I mean, terrorism for Iran is a frontline sort of first Uh, first-order policy uh, when it comes to the way that it conducts itself in the region and around the world. Terrorism is not sort of an afterthought to the Iranians. I mean, they think that groups like Hezbollah uh, and the deployment of their Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps gives them a sort of strategic depth in conflicts across the Middle East and even against Westerners. So this is not a secondary thing for them. This isn't something that just sort of comes up. Uh, state sponsor of terror, um, or being a state sponsor of terror the way Iran is, is a very... Uh, Active policy that they're engaged in.
4: Buck, uh, a couple things here. One, the Iranian media has been calling it a ransom. Isn't that right?
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah.
4: Okay. Because, I mean, obviously, you know, it's like, I guess the Iranian media is more truthful than we are. It's sickening. They're going to be truthful to their, I I mean, you know, they're going to, this is how they're going to play it. And so now we have to deny that reality or what seems like a reality. Um, Am I correct, Buck, yesterday in, in Obama's press conference? was his argument essentially it the reason we had to give them cash and evade our sanctions was only because our sanctions are so tough we couldn't pay them without paying Any other cash way. like isn't that the most circuitous argument you've ever heard in your life
3: yes that's right i mean we, we have we have laws that's exact, that is correct i mean your, your interpretation of obama's interpretation is accurate <laughs> We have laws that are still in place. Uh, Congress hasn't changed them. Remember, this is all the executive branch doing this off on its own and really going through the U.N. to sort of rubber stamp this thing uh, w- without it being an issue for the, for the Congress to be deeply involved.
1: So in. do you know that if can – Congress, can Congress charge him? They won't because they're wuss. But will, will Congress or could Congress come after him? Because if the laws are in place, he's just broken the law.
3: I mean, this would go into, the you know, the administration would, uh, would theoretically, I guess, take this in, in, into court. And, and I don't know who would have standing. And I mean, it becomes an enormously complicated legal issue. And, and as you already said, Glenn, the, the Congress won't do that. Won't I do mean, it. theoretically, could they try to make uh, more of a stink? I mean, look, ultimately, the way Congress can make us think about these things is to impeach a president. But we also know that's not going yeah, to so,
1: happen. Yeah, so, Buck, is there, is there any solution um, I mean, uh, uh, we are now a banana republic. Law doesn't matter. You, you see it with Hillary Clinton. Law just doesn't matter. Is there anything and, – and let me say this. It's not just because Congress won't do anything. The people don't care. With what's happening with, with Russia – and I, I want to take a break after you answer this question, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about Russia. With what's happening with Russia, they are influencing – they are telling us that they're influencing our election – And nobody cares. They're dumping documents that show that Hillary Clinton was illegally trading arms in Benghazi and shipping them through Turkey into Syria, something we were mocked for, by the way, three years ago when we said that was happening. Now there's evidence and nobody cares. What's the solution to a banana republic?
3: I I wish I could say I had a solution. I will say that I've come to a conclusion, and that is that in this Hello? Nefarious actors are not as scary to a lot of Americans as the prospect of the other political party winning. You're seeing a tremendous amount of... I mean, the dishonesty on the Democrat side when it comes to rule of law is breathtaking, and the dishonesty, unfortunately, with a lot of Republicans about what's going on within our own party is also incredibly jarring and troubling as we go into 2017.
4: But, Buck, and, and you bring this up, and it's an interesting point, quickly on Donald Trump. Do you know if there's anything else that we're missing here? Two days ago, Trump comes out and says... He's seen the video of the money coming off the plane in Iran. Uh, He says that he's seen it's a government camera. The tape uh, is of the people taking the money off the plane. Iran sent us the tapes to embarrass us. It's top secret. Uh, The media goes to the Trump campaign and says, what tape is he talking about? Um, It appears to be that he was talking about actually the hostages being released in Switzerland, um, not Iran. Uh, And then after he's called out on this and the campaign says, yes, we were he was just talking about the B-roll of the hostages being released. He then goes out in his speech yesterday and again repeats that he has some secret video of the money being unloaded from the plane. Are you aware of any secret video that's of the money getting off unloaded on the plane in Iran?
3: No, and I certainly hope that Trump is just confused on this one or just doesn't care what the truth is, because if there is some secret video, he would have an obligation to keep it secret and not talk about it, so let's all hope. <laughs> well, if that there was a confused. secret,
1: let me let me just be honest. If he had access to a secret video that he saw, it would be irresponsible of him to not then get the damn video and show it. It would also be, oh, I don't know, maybe he could go up five or ten points by showing us that the president and Hillary Clinton are lying. This makes no sense. This unless guy is conspiracy city,
5: unless it's classified.
4: Yeah, but he, the he campaign said he
1: saw himself it said he saw
6: it on
4: Fox News. He,
6: he <laughs> said it was that
1: late. No okay, sense. Buck, hang on just a sec. I know you're busy. Can we hold you over for a couple of minutes? Yeah, of course, whatever you okay. need. And now this, you want to keep your family safe. You work hard for your money. You want the best security for your home, but you don't want to get ripped off. I mean, I don't know if Buck needs a security system at all. I mean, ex-CIA, uh, I watched the Jason Bourne series. He can kill you with a glass of milk. But let's not get into it. Just don't break into his house. Simply safe. That's what simply safe is for. Don't break into my daughter's house either because simply safe is what we have. And it keeps her safe and saves money. And you control it. She has it. She wants to move to another house. She and her husband can take it and move it. There's no wiring. No contracts. $14.99 a month for the monitoring. It is the protection that we trust. SimplySafeBeck.com. Go there now and get an exclusive 10% discount off the system. It's simplysafeback.com. That's SimplySafeBeck.com.
0: We The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. 888 727 back. This is the Glenn Beck
1: Program. Back with Buck Sexton, our national security expert. Really good guy. um, Clear thinker. Really quite brilliant. And the only guy to ever fill in for me, Sean Hannity. No, me, Rush Limbaugh. And was it Sean Hannity that's the three? Yes, the big three. The big three. He's never done the big... Nobody ever has done the big three. That's how good he is. Um, Buck. And by the way, you can hear him every day on the Blaze radio. Tremendous. Um Buck, help me out on this cuz we were just talking. I want to go back to this Iranian thing one more time. Jeffy said in the break, he said, "Well, wait a minute. Is the is Trump as a vice or as a presidential candidate getting secret briefings now where he could have seen this video?"
3: I was under the impression that that he might be. I mean, there was there was there were questions asked yesterday, and I just have to point out the irony to everybody here. You had people at a press conference asking sitting Democrat President, you know, Obama, about whether we can trust Donald Trump to get classified briefings. When we all know that we actually can't trust Hillary to get classified briefings because we've right. seen how she handles that information. So just right. as, as an aside, I think that's worth pointing out that uh, she doesn't get those questions. Only Trump. Only, or, or rather, people only ask those questions about Trump. I, I think he he could be getting uh, the brief. I mean, he is the nominee, so yeah, they could have started already. That was. My impression is that there's at least some reason to believe that he thinks that he's seen something that's not just – I mean, if it's just out there on, on Fox News or somewhere else, wouldn't we all know what video he's talking about? Yes. I was on would. CNN yesterday, and people were asking for the video. and We were all looking around. We're in a newsroom. <laughs> we've got a lot of fact-checkers there. And we like, what video? I, I don't know what the video is. So yeah, I think this just uh, might be a Trump-tastic moment.
4: Yeah, I think I I think he just honestly made a mistake initially because when the initial Fox News video was they were talking about the the money coming, talking about how the money was delivered and just running B-roll of at the same time of the of the hostages coming uh, to Switzerland. So I think he just confused it. They sent that link to the press office of Trump. Hope Hicks replied and said, yes, that's the video he's talking about, just the B-roll. Then he went out the next day and said it again. Um, and it's my understanding that he, those actually haven't started yet, the the, the uh, full briefings. I could be wrong on that, right. Buck. You probably know better than me. But I know that they have uh, – th- they are coming. I just don't think they've actually started yet. But again, his campaign said it was from Fox News. So it's not like we have to d- guess yeah, okay. at what it is. I mean, they confirmed it. All right, so I've only got a couple
1: of minutes here uh, left. We are trying desperately to get Julian Assange on. Um, and right. yes um, – we have we've been in talks um, and trying to get Julian Assange because I want to know uh, from him the details and what he knows about Hillary Clinton running guns through Benghazi, Turkey to Syria, where the rebels that they were supplying guns uh, turns out to be ISIS. Um, Buck, Russia is interfering with our uh, with our elections. In, night, in the 1980s, under Ronald Reagan, would we not have considered this so serious we would have we would have been at least posturing as this is an act of war?
3: Russia and under the guise of the Soviet Union has has been engaged in propaganda in the U.S. for for a very long time, including trying to influence uh, trying to influence U.S. elections. The difference now is that they're much better at it, and because of Internet and global connectivity. There are so many more avenues for them to do this. I mean, you have these sort of quote transparency organizations. I mean, I think uh, WikiLeaks is is a cutout and is doing Russia's bidding. Yes, um uh, but do. you have these these transparency organizations that can put stuff out there that everyone can access right. right away. I mean, it used to be that the Kremlin's propaganda efforts, which were intended to influence U.S. elections and anybody who's sort of curious about this kind of stuff, there's a fantastic. Uh, a couple of books called the, from the Matrokin archives, um, and, and they oh. go into detail about some of these sort yeah. of KGB plots. They used to be silly, Glenn. You know, they used to be things that people would just say, "Oh, that's ridiculous." Now, well, they're hacking into emails of the DNC. As I know, and now they, they're, they're and they're actually proud of it. Buck, thanks
0: a lot. Back in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck program. Mercury.
4: progressive movement is full of lies and Americans continue to keep falling for the deception over and over again in his new book liars Glenn Beck helps us understand why liars on sale now
1: at glennbeck.com slash liars let me go through a couple of stories here DHS has given Somali Muslims um, in the uh, Minneapolis St. Paul area a behind-the-scenes tour of their security protocols at the airport the nation's 17th busiest in terms of passenger traffic. The group complained to Homeland Security. They said they were feeling harassed and profiled. Uh, Johnson decided to give a special security tour not offered to any other group. Then allowed them to talk about modifications to their practices that would allow operations to be more sensitive to the Somali Muslim community. Could possibly go wrong. That could Nothing could go Wrong. Now, here's another one that's going to make your head explode. Welcome to Friday. The Equal Opportunity Commission. Uh, one of their duties is they have to decide a hostile work environment. Uh, when somebody brings a harassment claim against any federal agency, they have to decide um, if, it's, if, it's harass- if it's harassment or not, and then they apply the same legal rules um, in the courts to private employers. So here's what happened. They've already ruled that wearing a Confederate flag t-shirt is a punishable harassment. Now, here's the latest. Uh, There was a complaint that was filed January, uh, no, the fall of 2013 by an African American. He said that he was discriminated against in the workplace by a guy who never spoke to him. They had no interaction. But the guy who worked at this place where he worked, he felt was harassing him because he was wearing a baseball cap with the Gadsden flag on it, which said, don't tread on me.
6: And how did that uh, discriminate against him? Or well, because him? the it's racially
1: insensitive because the guy who designed the don't tread on me logo... Uh, is a guy who was a, uh, uh, a slave owner.
5: <laughs> but, the, but the person wearing the hat never spoke. Oh, no, no, of course not. He didn't speak to him. Did he, did he point at the hat and look no, at the person? No, no, Did he like, no. bring a sign in that said
1: slave owner? No. Hey, look at the hat I'm wearing. No, no. Complaint maintains that the Gadsden flag is a historical indicator of white resentment against blacks stemming largely from the Tea Party. Um, he noticed. He noted that the uh, vice president of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters cited the Gadsden flag as the equivalent of the Confederate battle flag. And he's had that, the Gadsden flag, removed from New Haven, Connecticut Fire Department flagpoles. So New Haven can no longer fly the... I'm uh, oh, so upset we moved. Oh, I know. Uh, uh, don't you love New Haven? Yeah, I love oh, I, New Haven. I but... missed... Well, I mean, well, it's the bastion of Yale, so what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> uh, we love you, WELI, but uh, you go no, with all that And you know what? All. Love everything, <laughs> everything about the, the greater New Haven area except the governments. The, go- the state government is an abortion, and, uh, and so is the city government. And the city government is screwed to the wall because of Yale, who doesn't pay any taxes at all. How are you supposed to run the city when they're buying the city up? Anyway, I digress. Um, now, they've looked at the record uh, and uh, the historic origins and the meanings of the symbols. Uh, but the judge wasn't sure. And so they want to take this on a case-by-case basis. And they're going to they're gonna have to figure out the intent of the wearer of the cap, so the judges ruled that employers, you might want to be careful if you have anybody wearing the "Don't Tread on Me" bumper or the uh, the a uh, baseball cap. Mm. But that's not all you should worry about. Let's let's take this uh, a couple of steps uh, a couple of steps out. Um, knowing that the cap wearer never said anything. He was just wearing it. Should we worry about a All Lives Matter bumper sticker in the car from a coworker, Or a, 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 a Black Lives Matter bumper sticker? Now, nobody's going to complain about a Black Lives bumper sticker, but an All Lives bumper sticker, probably. Wouldn't that be a hostile work environment? Well, certainly. Yeah, under, those, under these circumstances. How about if you have a Stop Illegal Immigration? Bumper sticker or a little thing that is on the on in your cubicle.
4: What if you have a Trump Pence bumper sticker, sign, hat, T-shirt? We've seen that already be an issue on college campuses in some places. Yep. Yep. Are you racially insensitive? Yes.
1: The EEOC is now suggesting that all employers start to monitor the... Uh, hats and T-shirts and Great idea. people's cubicles and, finally, finally. and even right? even the bumper stickers in the parking lot. Because if they don't, they may find themselves with a giant fine from the United States government. So put yourself in a small business owner's shoes. Do you say, hey guys, I'm going to get all kinds of fines. You just can't wear anything anymore. And if you have anything on your car, you gotta take that off.
5: Do you? Do you, as a small business owner, now do that? Almost have to, right? I mean, you almost have to.
4: No, <sighs> we've got. Where to live? I mean, what? What is the line? Right. What is the I know. line? The line I know. is called the First Amendment. Yes, uh, and I agree. while I understand uh, that, not though
6: anymore can the small not, business not, afford it's not, it's not to not. I,
4: afford that a, fight? But if I'm a small business owner, I mean, I you know. Those you two got to take those things seriously. If people don't, I can understand there's a level uh, where you need to fold to pressure, probably. But I mean, you know, you certainly, you certainly hold that line as long as you can, I guess, right? I mean I, I mean, I don't think you're just like telling people to take bumper stickers off. Not to mention, you have no freaking right to do it. Right? They don't have to listen to you. You, you go tell an employee. Go ahead and tell, tell. Pat's got like 600 bumper stickers on his car. Try to tell him to get some of them off of there. Like, I, I've never
1: Especially seen anybody with
4: why? more bumper stickers no, no, than no. Pat.
1: Jeffy has the bumper sticker, but those are hold; those are actually holding the car together. Oh, okay. So I don't, I don't hold any of those. He's got, well, he's got pro-life, some... pro, you know, pro-abortion bumper sticker. He just takes any bumper stickers. Doesn't it's bad. just it, some of the bumper stickers actually work as hinges for the door.
7: Mm.
6: So yeah, he's them, run out of bondo, and so you. Right.
4: Some he of them some appear to be Chiquita now. banana stickers.
6: <laughs> right. Which is, uh, right. Those things are sturdy. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, so uh,
1: there's our there's your latest. Hey, we love the First Amendment. Uh, wow. uh, by the way, did you see did you see Clint Eastwood's uh, uh, interview the other day? Yeah, with his son. Oh, did, did you do you love that guy? Yeah, he's great. I mean, yeah, excuse is. my language, but well, I can't. I don't think no. I can say it. No, no, I can't. Yeah, uh, no. I mean, he said we're we're just wussies. When yeah. did we become such wussies? Um, you know, you got to get over it.
6: I, I, I'm more telling colorfully you colorfully on both those. things. Yes,
1: but <laughs> I, I I'm telling you, I love Clint Eastwood. Yeah, he's just love Clint Eastwood. When's a real man going to step up again? What, what what world do you live in where you think you're actually making people stronger by protecting them from everything that could possibly ever offend them? And by the way, here's the latest civil rights division, the civil rights division of the Justice Department has provided oversight and recommendations for improvement of police services in a number of cities with consent decrees. They are now saying that the Obama administration and the Civil Rights Division would like to now um, uh, use a, to federalize the police forces and be able to have oversight and perhaps just a little bit more so the federal government can take over your local police. So you know, today, in case you were wondering if this was a good idea or a bad idea, it's obviously a good idea uh, because now uh, the U.N. has decided that, uh, uh, that its a f- federalization of U.S. law enforcement should be beefed up and cover all of America. Because it quote is the best way to handle the police in America.
6: Well, yeah, they're so racist; they're just yeah, they're killing black people and piling them up in this, you know, on the sidewalks. Oh, we know that. Uh, and mean, if I if I have I, to I list saw forty just when I, piled up outside the building. Oh when I think yeah. who
1: can teach us to be effective, I think
4: the United Nations. Oh. Oh yeah immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm but I mean, look it. at look at the, the utter calm around the world because of them and their efforts. Oh, when the blue helmets come in, you know, Ask Rwanda, they know.
1: Yeah, yeah. They know
4: all about you it. Know. The blue helmets ask, really protected them. You ask
1: the women anywhere in the Middle East, yeah. You know, how safe do you feel at night? When the guy with the blue helmet
4: comes to your door. Interestingly, as Pat was uh, making a comment um, uh, about uh, black bodies being piled up all outside, and uh, mm-hmm. that actually isn't happening here in the United States. It was happening in Rwanda when yeah. the blue helmets were there. Yeah, they so, actually you know, were was, being piled up all over the roads
1: and the streets everywhere. You know, what's weird is they were call, a lot of the residents, when they'd see the blue helmets coming, they would call, they would cry out, Was it great? or rape. I can't remember. It, there was it was, was it rape instance. or great. I can't remember what it was with those
6: blue helmets, but there was. it there was they were that's that has yes. been a result of some of their activities. <laughs> yes, yes. They 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 also, are very good when it comes to rape. The UN, they are good. Great at that. They're good at that. They're good at that. They're good at running the other way when trouble does break out in one yes. of their blue helmet areas yes. too? They yes. they've done that. They run uh run with many the women on occasions then rape them. <laughs>
4: Yeah, that that has happened, sadly, yes. So,
6: yeah.
1: So, if I'm looking for somebody that can really tell us how to run our police force... It's mm. the United Nations. Yeah, It is the United Nations. Um, By the way, uh, let me just give you the cities that are already uh, implementing at least portions of this. Newark, New Jersey, Miami, Florida, Los Angeles, Ferguson, Missouri, Chicago, Illinois, and other municipalities. So, it's already beginning to happen. Rape. I mean, great. 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 Wait. Now this. The government's uh, attempts at, mere, uh, at more gun control is driving up the demand for firearms. Can I ask you a question? Because I'm about to talk about Liberty Safe, but I was thinking about you know, putting your guns and everything you need in a safe place and make sure it's locked up. Right now, if somebody offered you a chance... To cryo uh, to cryonetically freeze your entire friends, family, everything else, and you could just check out for a hundred years till this thing so, and you just left it just thaw when things calm down. Would you do it? Would you do it right now? If you knew it worked, and you could be frozen with your family and your friends and everything else. And you knew it was safe, and you said, when liberty, is, when liberty starts to really return and it calms down, wake me up.
6: Would you do it? No, because I don't think it's going to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> or when Jesus comes.
1: Right. Uh, well, yeah. put, pop me in the microwave yes, if Jesus I, comes yeah. and put me on defrost.
4: I just do not like um, the yeah. cold, and I would not. Uh, Wouldn't like that <laughs> just because I <laughs> like that. yeah, uh,
1: Jeffrey? yeah. Jeffrey? It sounds like a good idea. I, I honestly, there was like there was like a minute and a half the other day yes, where I was driving in the car and I was like, man, it just if we could just freeze all of us. And then I actually thought, no, it'd be a giant scam. They'd freeze you right. and then they'd just throw your it'd body in the dumpster. Right. Or you
5: whatever. never know when, if they actually did bring you back. You don't know when it would be. It was like, oh, you know what? We brought you back. Nah, yeah. And I just go. No,
1: there was a power outage. Uh, and you
5: guys spoiled. No. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that.
1: Anyway, Liberty Safe. Sorry. Liberty Safe. Uh, we have them here at the Blaze, this museum, next hour. David Barton's going to be in. He's going to show you a piece of history that you've never heard, and it will, it will enhance, either for good or ill, your view of the United States in World War I. History you've never heard, um, and everybody should hear this. We have a lot of these things in a Liberty Safe Uh, in between the things many of these documents like the deed to the mayflower going into a liberty safe we know we can trust them they are the best built safes and they're all built here in america go to LibertySafe.com and type in your zip code and top one of the find one of the top dealers of liberty safes uh uh, around you one of the biggest uh, dealers in the country is gander mountain it has 160 stores nationwide And today is the last day of Gander Mountain's biggest sales event of the year, the Liberty Summer Blowout Sale. It starts at uh, $459, and you can save hundreds of dollars on Liberty Safes, along with the factory rebates on select models. But you have to hurry. Today is the last day at Gander Mountain. Go to LibertySafe.com, find a store nearest you that that is a Liberty Safe dealer or the Gander Mountain store near you. It's LibertySafe.com.
7: The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
0: This is The Glenn Beck Program. We're
1: just talking about uh, Pat's sad Liberty Safe story. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He had one, and, you know, if you really want to do it right, you bolt him to the ground. You bolt him to the concrete if you can. Um, And so Pat didn't want to take his out that he had in Connecticut, so he had to go to, where'd you go, Cabela's? Cabela's and bought bought one here. Yeah, so he bought bought one here in
6: Texas, and he gets it, and it's his first complaint, his only complaint. The second we got it home, the complaint was, yeah, it's too small. We we should have got a bigger one. It's exactly, and we both laughed because you know, in our frustration, we realized we did the stereotypical. That's everybody's <laughs> first. That's everybody's complaint. first.
1: Complaint. They look enormous, and you can. You me- did you? Because there's something called a,
6: um,
7: a
1: measuring tape. Oh, that's right. Yes. And did you did, try a measuring tape?
6: We did try that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Did, did you did not believe- I measured the place at home? and That I measured the pla- the safe, and then I put it in there, and it still looked like it was. I, I, th- I still thought it was going to be too big for the area. Yeah, so you're like, done my, I can't believe this measuring tape. These things are a little sketchy
4: sometimes. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Well, I'll tell you what they are is they're rigged. The measuring are, tapes right? are rigged. Are they rigged? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they against Donald Trump. You found that out from the Trump people. Yes.
6: They and the polls are all rigged. Are all rigged. All rigged. So they must
1: not be doing well in the polls. I wouldn't try
4: to think any more about it. (laughs) Okay,
1: well, we'll leave it at that. (laughs) Then let's go to uh, let's go to our final episode this week on progressives with FDR. Five part, sorry, four part series on progressives and the liars that they are. Next, when we come back,
7: the Glenn Beck program. Mercury.
1: up in the next 30 minutes. David Barton is here. And he showed me something from history. That he said to me before he showed it to me, "Glenn, my entire view of World War 1 has been altered." And and I had a good point of view on America in World War 1. He said, "Come here, I have to show you something." I I'm not going to tell you if it was altered for the good or the bad, but it will be altered 30 minutes from now. And you will hear a story and see the evidence, if you happen to be watching or you'll hear the evidence, if you're listening, um, from our Mercury Museum. Something that's been left out of the history books that I don't know, I think is pretty important. In our continuing quest to root out the liars which is the name of my new book liars how progressives exploit our fear for power and control it's out in bookstores right now and we've dedicated a good portion of the book to the master progressive fdr he often is at the top of the list as the greatest president in history but should he learn the truth with another installment of our serial on progressive liars we start there right now
0: fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Franklin Delano Roosevelt is often mentioned by historians as not just one of the greatest presidents in U.S. history, but the greatest president. These infatuated progressive scholars credit him with ending the Great Depression... His New Deal government programs, even though the Depression didn't end until American manufacturing, finally kick-started the economy enough to negate the damage done by these massive government programs midway through World War II. These scholars also ignore FDR's internment of well over 100,000 Japanese Americans. Just as his progressive hero Woodrow Wilson had done with Germans and Italians during the First World War simply because of their ancestry. Americans, like four-year-old future Star Trek actor George Takai and his family.
8: I was uh, four at the time of uh, Pearl Harbor, and I was too young to really understand what was going on. But I still do remember that day uh, when uh, armed soldiers, soldiers with guns, bayonets on them, came to our home to order us out. I remember that as... A very scary day. And you know, a child can sense your parents' anxieties. And we were taken from our home to um, a horse table in uh, uh, at uh, San Anita Racetrack, where we were housed for a few months uh, while the camps were being built. And uh, when the camp was built, we were put on a train and taken all the way across the uh, southwestern desert to the swamps of Arkansas, a camp called Roller. And I grew up Uh, There for a portion of the war and then we were transferred from that camp to another camp in Northern California called Tootie Lake which was an even more uh, harsh uh, camp. There were three barbed wire uh, three levels of barbed wire fence and tanks patrolling the uh, perimeter.
1: Most of those taken from their homes never got them back. The loss of liberty under FDR didn't stop there. For starters, there was Roosevelt's illegal wiretapping. Under cover of war, the president authorized agents to bug the phones of not just aliens who threaten national security, but potential political enemies and even political friends. An FDR biography documentary tells part of this story.
2: In his zeal to uncover acts of espionage, Roosevelt faces a problem. Congress has banned wiretapping. And the Supreme Court has ruled that wiretaps are inadmissible in a court of law. In May of 1940, Roosevelt chooses a course that, if discovered, could destroy his presidency. He writes a confidential memo to Attorney General Robert Jackson, instructing him to use listening devices to monitor people suspected of subversive activities. His rationale is that the court ruling does not apply in grave matters involving the defense of the nation.
1: Roosevelt's spying targets included former President Herbert Hoover, 1940 Republican presidential opponent Wendell Willkie, and critical journalists. FDR asked Treasury Secretary Morgenthau to run a tax audit on the New York Times, among the other IRS investigations FDR ordered on behalf of actual opponents. He also sicked the heads of various agencies, including the FBI and the Department of Justice, on several newspaper publishers in a failed witch hunt for evidence of Nazi ties. FDR's internment of almost 120,000 Japanese, most of whom were Americans, was particularly brazen. It violated the rights of habeas corpus, protection against search and seizure, and protection of property. But meanwhile, the Germans and Italians, the latter of whom consisted of 600,000 non-citizens, were never interned en masse. Roosevelt, however, was just following the progressive playbook, responding to his innate fear of people different from himself. Consistent with a progressive eugenicist who came before him and held disdain for inferior peoples, Roosevelt had historically argued that the Japanese immigrants were not able to assimilate on a biological basis. The Germans could be excused. Wilson had, after all, praised the Teutonic race, but not the Japanese. The distinction was made based purely on race. Roosevelt's irrational fear led to the rounding up unjust imprisonment of tens of thousands of loyal Americans who happen to come from a different background. This is the price of progressive fear in high places. As World War II wound towards its end in 1944, FDR proposed a second Bill of Rights. The first one was apparently insufficient for him. So that year's State of the Union address, he argued, true individual freedom cannot exist without economic security and independence. Necessitous men are not free men. People who are hungry and out of a job are the stuff of which dictatorships are made. A second bill of rights under which a new
2: basis of security and prosperity can be established for all, regardless of station or race or creed. Among these are the right to a useful and remunerative job, the right to earn enough to provide adequate food and clothing and recreation, the right of every farmer to raise and sell his products at a return which will give him and his family a decent living, the right of every businessman, large and small, to trade in an atmosphere of freedom freedom from unfair competition and domination by monopolies at home or abroad, the right of every family to a decent home, the right to adequate medical care and the opportunity to achieve and enjoy good health, the right to adequate protection from the economic fears of old age, sickness, accidents, and unemployment, the right
1: he may have originally claimed that all we have to fear was fear itself, but the reality was that he wanted Americans to fear a whole host of things, from Japanese Americans to those who didn't have enough to eat. Fear, after all, opened the door to all sorts of things that people wouldn't otherwise think possible. In addition to fear, Roosevelt appealed to the pride and patriotism, he noted that the nation must not be allowed to slide back into the 1920s normalcy. Were that to happen, he said, even though we shall have conquered our enemies on the battlefields abroad, we shall have yielded to the spirit of fascism here at home. In other words, FDR argued that if Americans let his wartime reforms go away, they might as well have just lost the war in the first place. It sounds incredible. But it is a strategy employed by progressives in government over and over again. Legislation during a crisis lives on like a cockroach, able to survive even in the worst of conditions. It was a crisis, after all, that gave birth to the Patriot Act, a law that continues to be used to invade Americans' privacy long after September 11, 2001. In FDR's wartime America, rights were to be granted no longer by our Creator but the federal government. Security was now a Trump to liberty. And if you disagreed with any of that, you were a Nazi, or at least someone who didn't care much about American values. Raymond Moley, a professor for Columbia and an economist, was a member of FDR's original brain trust that got him elected. He was a trusted presidential advisor and the author of most of FDR's first inaugural address. He was also a huge advocate for FDR's New Deal. But seeing its fruits, he quickly became disenchanted with those policies, even as early as 1933, even though he continued to write Roosevelt's speeches until 1936. Eventually, Moley broke completely with Roosevelt, and in his
9: 1952 book, wrote, It was no secret that a great number of reformers in Roosevelt's bureaucracy were admirers of the great Soviet experiment and some were secret agents of communism. In my opinion, there is a greater danger in collectivists than in the betrayal of our secrets to foreign powers. The danger lies in what can be done to a nation by public officials who do not believe in a free economy. In Roosevelt's day, there were many people working for the government who regarded his reforms as a mere prelude to revolution. America has been fortunate to avoid such a fate so far, Roosevelt's revolution not only accomplished more than Wilson and the other progressives who came before him had ever dreamed possible, but it also set the stage for what was to come next. A new deal and a second Bill of Rights were terrific starts, but what America really needed was someone who could pull all of the disparate pieces together, someone who could appeal to all races and creeds and make Americans believe that they could achieve what no one before them had, that it was their duty to work towards something bigger than themselves, something he called a great society. Roosevelt's call for progressive great society would
1: be picked up and carried to the finish line by yet another American progressive. 2 decades later. More on that in the next episode.
3: Want more serials? You can listen to every episode at glenbeck.com/serials. Next week you'll learn about Lyndon B. Johnson and his failed great society, Project X. And Obama's vision for America. Glenn Beck.
1: And now this. Are you thinking of purchasing your first gun? Yes, that's right. Liberal progressives, I'm selling guns now. Um, Make sure you have the self-protection that you need for you and your family. See what Bond Arms has to offer. Every gun from Bond Arms can be converted to suit your needs. 25 different barrels... ...fit every single Bond Arms pistol. And you can use 14 different calibers. It is truly a, a, a revolutionary gun. Um, it's, a, it's a little teeny gun. My wife can fit it into a little purse. Um, sometimes I like to wear mine on my thigh. <coughs> Excuse me, I just made myself throw up in my mouth a little bit. Um, but <laughs> they're little teeny guns, and honestly, it is like a shotgun in your pocket. Um, Bond Arms, made here in the great state of Texas... Uh, Second Amendment is under attack. Second Amendment shall not be infringed. Grab your guns. Get one from Bond Arms, made here in Texas. Do your own homework, blazebond.com. That's blazebond.com.
0: You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. I will be my job. I
7: have made my job. Mercury This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Let's take a look at the um, let's take a look at the latest polls now um, in the presidential campaign. Usually, it takes a month for the the uh, numbers to sink back down to their regular le- levels. Um, it took about three days for that to happen to Donald Trump, and then he has just been. I mean, I'm all fired. you're hearing in the tr- in the Trump polls is.
4: Whoa. <laughs> dive 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 well let me start it off with it i'll start with the bad news here but i think i can bring it down, around a little bit for you if okay you like trump by the end here okay uh polls coming out uh, yesterday we'll go through some of those uh fox news poll we talked about clinton is up by 10 uh the marist poll has clinton up 15 holy 48 to 33 wow um that is unbel- is that, is that a, a
6: pretty legitimate poll Oh yeah, it's, Marist, Marist, yeah Marist. Mar- very
4: good pollster. Very good. The good issue here
6: is methodology and all that. Oh yeah, if you're
4: looking for a ray of sunshine. You're not going to find it on wow. that. Poll. <laughs> now, the issue is: it, 15 points is really bad, obviously, but almost almost worse is the fact that he's getting one third of the votes. And 33 percent this late in the election process is super low. Um, NBC. Let me ask you. Yep.
1: We I would like to see. Um, if you can find it during the show, I would like to see the record of lowest polls, especially at this point. I mean, I can, exactly. we've
4: got to be, we've got to be, maybe Mondale? I can tell you this, that Mitt Romney had, uh, amount of polls Mitt Romney was under 40 this time on was zero. He was above 40 in every single poll. Now, all of these polls, in fact, the last, let's see, Trump has lost the last 13. 13- Who is sitting president, too. yeah. yeah. Who is sitting president? Much and a much tougher opponent. Let's yes. be honest about it. Oh, uh, Trump has lost; so is down in thirteen consecutive polls, um, and has been uh, under thirty in many of them. Under forty. One, excuse I, I thought there
6: was one poll this week where he was he,
4: up. He was. What that poll is is the uh, L.A. Times um, poll, which is a. Um, it's one of those like r- rotating when they have several days included, and w- the last, the oldest all day falls right. off. The newest day comes so out. Last right, week's right. numbers. So he's fell gone off. all the way from plus several points. Now he's now that one has now turned negative against him as well. Um, so the proje- the prediction services that are doing this now five thirty eight polls only has Hillary Clinton as an eighty percent favorite to win. <laughs> It
6: just skyrocketed in
4: last week. Skyrocketed. Gosh. Um, The uh, polls plus, which factors in fundamentals, has it at 74%. The now cast, which is like if the election was held today, I've never seen it this high, 92.4% Hillary Clinton would win. Yeah, but Trump. Well, okay, that's true. We're going to get to some of that. Okay. Predict wise, which it goes on the betting markets, has Hillary as a 77% favorite. It's a bloodbath. Um, Yeah, but Trump. The New York Times has it as a 78% favorite. Um, So those are all the big predictions services. Diving into the polls a little bit. uh, Trump's uh, uh, support among African-American respondents in the last three national polls. About 86, 87%. Marist, which is the poll he was down by 13. He pulled... Two percent of African Americans. Now if that were to hold, he would perform worse. You mean he didn't get two percent of the vote. No, he only got two percent of the vote. Which he would actually perform worse than (laughs) Mitt Romney or John McCain did against the first black president. Let that sink in for a second. Now let that let this sink in. The other two polls released. He's actually doing worse than he was in the Marist poll. He only has 1% of African-American voters. I don't voters. Think
5: heard, Pat, though.
4: Yeah, but Trump. Okay, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I let, tell you guys, mm-hmm. Let me push I mean, back I, a little I, bit on I'm that one. I'm the
1: only one, and maybe, just, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe it's just today that I'm feeling this way. I The last thing I can do is laugh about this.
4: I'm not laughing. This I mean, is, it's just... I,
1: this Pat is enjoying this. I am. He's not enjoying it. This I'm not, is enjoying not enjoying it. it. He's just is just he the, that, or
6: I, I'm. Yeah. You know, this is just I the don't destruction. Abundant right now. This is I the
1: destruction
6: be. of our country. I, I, I
4: unfortunately,
1: know. either option here is is that in and the destruction, eyes. And the destruction of everything we have worked for, destruction of the conservative movement, I, the total destruction. And I'm not. I could laugh about this one to some degree. The destruction of the GOP. It's but it is we are never there's here's a story from the AP who's going to be blamed if Trump implodes and of course it's going to be the conservatives we are it's going to be it's going to be us it's it's we going are. to be you know Ted Cruz and uh, it, I mean uh, it, and that's asinine oh the, that's what the, that's a- that's said. There's the no AP said
4: there is no mathematical argument that. To, to support that none. The AP
1: says zero. Make no mistake. Trump losing will be Trump's fault and the fault of his ardent supporters. Two years from now, when Republicans wonder where they ought to turn to fight back against President Hillary Clinton... We can pray they don't turn to the same people who insisted on nominating a Hillary Clinton donor and supporting him through a pathetic run that handed her the White House and poisoned Republicanism for an entire new generation.
4: Thank you. Wow. That's powerful and so accurate. So accurate. Sadly, um, we don't have enough time to get to the good news. uh, But I will tell you this. Uh, as you know, uh, Donald Trump uh, employs tens of thousands of Hispanics. He's going to do yeah. really and he well loves with the them. Blacks. Florida yeah. poll. John McCain got 42% of Hispanics in Florida. <laughs> Mitt Romney got 39% of Hispanics in Florida. Donald <laughs> Trump, 13% it's of Hispanics two. in Florida. It is more than two. It's not two. It is more it's than still two. It. But yeah, two. you is still, is still in, what? What? double It is double one. two. Yeah. What what was your argument pat? You had an interesting point throughout.
6: Yeah, that. but Trump. Okay, that's
0: pretty good. So, think about Back that in a minute. You're listening to the Glenn Beck program. <laughs> oh, They
1: seventy-seven back. I want to thank Stu for giving me a migraine headache with the poll numbers.
4: I, well, I mean, if you're a Trump supporter, there is some good news that we couldn't get to there. Maybe we can do that at the top of the hour.
6: Yes, we'll do that. Is there any good news for non-Trump, stu- non-Trump support <laughs> and non-Hillary? Support? Uh,
4: well, eventually we'll die, and that's, that's some good news there. <laughs> um, okay, so you actually All right. a ray of hope. Yeah, actually, there is a little or... bit there. For even if you don't like Trump, uh, yeah. there is a and Hillary and Hillary. Okay. Uh, there's a ray of hope, kind of hidden within some of the recent polling. That is actually not. It, 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 I actually find it incredibly encouraging. Whether it holds or not, I don't know, but it's encouraging so far. So there's like a rickety ladder at one
1: end of the grave where they're shoveling dirt on top of us.
6: Yes. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, and
4: you're
1: you're paralyzed. Right. But, uh, <laughs> right. and it's that. made out of licorice. So you, yes. Oh yeah. Really can't. <clears throat> Step on the ladder. Right, and Jeffy's eating it at the top. (laughs) Okay, but hey, we'll get to that hope here in just a second. So stand (laughs) by. Now, our Mercury Museum is happening this weekend, and there are a few tickets that are still available. I think it's on Sunday. Call, um, because we were talking about adding, possibly adding another uh, event tonight at 9, if you would want to come. I don't know if they decided to do that or not, but check uh, liarsorliberty.com. Uh, and then we have some few, but if, uh, some uh, tickets available for Sunday. And I've heard that Saturday is sold out, but I'm not sure. This is remarkable. So as I was here with David Barton and uh, Brent Ashworth and, uh, and Reed Moon uh, and, and then my collection in the Mercury One collection, we were sitting here and we we're just all of us amazed at what this museum is. By far, David, the best museum we've done so far.
10: Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
1: it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And David, we're just, you know, having a a down moment. And uh, David said, hey, I have something to show you. He said, it's changed my view of World War II and the Americans in World War II. And I'm like, oh, David, no. Stu's going to give me a migraine headache later. I can't change. I have a good, I'm in a happy place with the Americans in World War II. He said, you need to see this. Oh, boy. Take it, David. This is going to change your view of the Americans.
10: What got got me going was the end of May, excuse me for my voice, sorry about that. So end of May, um, Obama went to Hiroshima and first president 71 years to visit Hiroshima. And while he was there, part of his speech, he said Hiroshima calls for a moral revolution. And having a moral revolution because of atomic weapons is a big thing for progressives. I mean, they just, they think it's bad every time. And so in saying that, I was really intrigued with what kind of moral revolution, because Japan's never apologized for attacking Pearl Harbor.
1: You should also explain your view after doing some more research of who, by the way, you, you have your doctorate, don't you? You have your doctorate? That's or your,
10: what they claim, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah you I've have got, your doctorate in education. It if it, if it, yes. uh, yeah, that's right.
1: Okay, so he's a doctor of education. So he's not just some cowboy riding in. He's not me. <laughs> so you have um, a and, well, I am a doctor yeah, yes I'm mean. a doctor but I've decided to go into podiatry but anyway um, so David has an actual doctorate um, and was a teacher for years and years and he did his research first tell me who the Japanese who you now compare the Japanese in World War II
10: what I found out in the last few months is the Japanese it's ISIS we fought ISIS in World War II we're fighting ISIS now. And here's That's quite a claim. Here's the deal. In World War II, Japanese officers had competitions to see who could chop off 100 heads the fastest. They lined prisoners up to see who could behead 100 people the fastest. They even had to have runoffs because sometimes there was a tie in beheading 100 people. So they're going through beheading 100 time. One of our submarines they captured took some American prisoners. They killed them by using sledgehammers and crushing their heads in they burned some of them alive um as it turns out of course the hitler nazis killed 7 million jews the japanese can kill 10 million chinese 10 million chinese 10 million chinese
1: this is why that this is the root of the chinese japanese hatred it is each other they it is.
10: Each well, other. not only there, I mean Korea, because Japan went into Korea, took the women, it's what they called comfort girls, yes. and gave them to the Japanese military. Yes. Uh, so that whole area of there, Japan that, was just... That
1: does sound exactly like ISIS, doesn't it? Well,
10: they trained 15...
1: I mean, the comfort girls kind of sounds like something Jeffy would be involved in, but beyond that, <laughs> beyond that it's, it's ISIS.
10: They took 15-year-old kids and showed 15-year-old kids how to become suicide bombers. They had they launched over thirty five hundred suicide bomb uh, attacks. I mean, it's it's ISIS the, this is ISIS, and so we're fighting the Americans ISIS back then.
5: Did we know all of that?
10: Yes, we a did. A lot
5: of us did. Why did we? I mean, I just remember uh, a friend of ours uh, in Tampa. His father fought in Japan during World War II, and he told a couple of stories how much he hated them in yeah. battle and fought them and. To uh, till the day he died, he really felt like well, this th- may be something that it, it changes your view also a bit, a bit because
1: it's unconstitutional and it was awful.
10: Bingo! But the internment, camps, that's it, exactly I mean, it. If
1: if if you're fighting ISIS and they really are, they've killed 10 million people in one country, you might think, you know what, I don't know what we got here. Well,
10: you have to also understand that they had a religious belief of military Shintoism. And that is, it is glorious to die. There's nothing better than dying. That's ISIS. They thought it was a great thing to die, which is why you couldn't negotiate with them. You couldn't have surrender uh, treaties with them. We tried to get them to surrender a bunch of times. Are you kidding? It is great to die. And so that military Shintoism, like the militant Islamists, it's the same thing. We think it's wonderful to die. And if you've got that mentality You start looking and saying, wait a minute, you've got parents that live in Japan, and this might be a little problem here.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, but that's not what's going to change your views. Listen to this. Show me what you have. This is going to be seen in the museum. I've never seen these before. By the way, there are several things in this museum that have never been seen before. For instance, the deed of the Mayflower. I think it was shown once in like 1992. Then lost. I mean, not lost, but well, it was in a not, private. But it's not shown. Yeah, never no, shown no. in sure. a private collection. Was not shown before 1992. Um, it was shown in Sotheby's in 1992. Some of these Some of this stuff, like the Obama uh, photo album. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, that's incredible. Never been seen. This I've never seen before. I'm sure these aren't hidden. But I'd never seen this.
10: I'd never seen them, and I've never heard of World it. War II. I'd never heard of them yeah. until I saw ISIS. Right. But here's the other deal: we're fighting ISIS in World War II, but our mentality was very different. Um, you, you can see here; these, this is Japanese currency. So all this Japanese currency on the back—it's not quite currency.
1: So now these were dropped from airplanes.
10: B twenty nine bombers flew over Japan. We dropped about 70 million leaflets. Some look like this. Some look like, this is a really famous one, 5B-29s, dropped bombs Mm -hmm. over Japan. These are all uh, 70
1: million. 70 million million of these. Now think of this. Think of, we dropped 70 million leaflets. We all know about the leaflets and the candy that we dropped over Germany, right? We all know about that. 70 million leaflets over the island of Japan, and actually not over the whole island, 22 cities? 35.
10: 35 cities. Now listen to what the leaflets say. On the back, hey, Japanese, heads up. We're going to begin bombing these specific 35 cities. We don't want any civilian casualties. We want you to know we're coming to take these cities out. You need to get out of town and leave. We're only looking for military targets. We don't want civilian targets. Please leave. We don't want any civilian casualties.
1: In fact, Nagasaki was uh, mentioned. uh, Hiroshima. And and Hiroshima was was mentioned. Both of them called. And it said with the B-29, it it says specifically.
10: It says, we now have a new bomb that is capable of doing what 2,000 B-29s can do. One bomb. We're telling you, you don't want to be here. 2,000 bombers. We got one bomb that will do what 2,000 of these do. You need to get out of town. We, we don't want to hurt anybody, but wow. we're going to take out the military. Mm. What
1: nation? As we argue about the bomb, and Barack Obama is over-apologizing for us, in what world? It's amazing. That's- we did that, and we are expected to feel bad about the bomb when they were ISIS beheading everybody, another fact we didn't learn, and then... We dropped
10: those, 70 million of them, over the 35 cities. Now you think about what that does to put American lives in jeopardy because you've now told the Japanese exactly where we're going. Yeah. We're going to be flying these 35 cities, and here's our B-29 bombers that are coming in. And, I mean, we put American lives at serious risk to do this. And, and so th- this is what we're coming with, and it's significant because of that we-love-death mentality. People didn't leave. We went in before this. And with traditional bombs, just traditional bombing in Tokyo killed 100,000. Now, the atomic bomb killed 70,000, 70,000, or 60,000 more died with radiation. But we killed more with traditional bombing than we killed with an atomic bomb. And we were winning every battle. And we said, guys, we don't want to kill you. Please Stop. And by the way, we've offered all these terms of surrender to your leaders and they're not responding. Talk to your leaders. Get them to respond. We want to stop this. We don't want this going anymore. We don't want civilian deaths. After we dropped the first bomb, Truman went on air and said, we got another one. It's coming. If you don't surrender, another one's coming. Saipan, we started broadcasting every 15 minutes to the Japanese mainland saying, Japanese citizens, you need to know, we've told your leaders, another one is coming if you don't get the surrender every 15 minutes we did that 3 days later they didn't want to surrender so we dropped a second one and then they said let's talk about surrender now the other thing that's interesting is all the ca- we've got a flag out there from Curtis LeMay Curtis LeMay four-star general he was over all the B29s when he got the the estimates of we had to do D-Day to end Germany we couldn't just bomb Dresden all the places we bombed we had to do D-Day we had to invade We're going to have to invade Japan. What's it going to cost us? Curtis LeMay was told it's going to be at least 4 million million casualties, about a million Americans, and the others will be British and et cetera. And depending on how hard the Japanese resist, because they apparently love death, we're looking at between 5 and 10 million Japanese casualties. Jeez. So you're looking on the low end of 7 million, on the high end of 14 million casualties, and Truman says... I've got a weapon that will take out 70,000 and maybe end this. And we've been telling them we're going to do it. We've been telling them what cities. We've been telling them we're going to hit the city, leave it. And so we end up taking out 130,000 instead of 14 million or 7 million. It's I nice. think that was the humane thing mm-hmm. to do. I think we saved mil- we saved millions of Japanese lives. We sure saved millions of allied lives by dropping that. There is no moral revolution needed. That was the moral thing to do.
7: Mm.
1: I, I tell you, I'm. I am convinced after seeing this museum, um, and and hearing stories like this, I am convinced I need to dedicate the rest of my life to education mm-hmm. on hidden history. Mm-hmm. The history. It's not lost history.
10: It was intentionally hidden from us. Can I throw one thing in here? Yes. In September 20, all right, we know about Common Core, right? And David Coleman, the architect of Common Core, is the guy who runs the college board. And they're the ones that do the AP test for, I think, 47 different courses. They do the AP history test, which is 460,000 kids in history. I've got the AP history test. They came out with it in September of 2014. In it, the only thing about... Hitler is not part of World War II anymore. The Holocaust... How can you... Holocaust is not there. Patton is not there. Eisenhower is not there. D-Day is not there. Midway is not there. What are they teaching in it? They teach six things about World War II. One of them was America dropped atomic weapons on Japan raising questions about American values. There are six negative things about America in the September 2014 standard. Six. That's all that World War II has. We did segregation. We we went through six negative things nothing about freeing the world liberating the world nothing about losing hundreds of thousands of american lives. nothing about that that that's a moral act that we did we saved millions of lives i mean what we teach kids right now in history that's why your your desire to do something in education that's where we are in america right now kids david and i
1: talked about this and we'll have to talk about this later but i need to raise five million dollars David and I uh, are going to be... That's Well, that's you the first. Out. That will give us the money to go buy all of the things that we need to buy, the artifacts, to be able to tell the stories that we need to tell. And then we need to raise money to either build a museum or get this on the road. On the
10: road, that's right.
1: Okay, back in just a second. Now this, U.S. factory orders plunged 5.6 year over year last month, extending the period of annual contraction... To 20 months. Now, this is a record streak of uh, streak of declines in U.S. history, and one which always, without exception, coincided with recession. Do your homework. I want you to get the facts. I want you to consider gold or silver. If you think you can't afford gold, I think you'd be surprised. Especially if you have a 401k, you can put 10 percent of it in physical gold pretty easily in most 401ks. But you also can get the legal tender units. These are tenth of an ounce coins. You could buy one one a month just by skipping Starbucks coffee. You could buy one a month. You'd have twelve by the end of the year. That's uh, you know that that's that's a good start. Um, you can also buy silver, which also will be good for trade and barter. If God forbid things really break down, like they always do. This is not some crazy thing. This always happens in throughout the history of the world. Buy with confidence now with Goldline's price-guaranteed programs. Call 866-465-3546. 866-GOLDLINE. That's 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com.
0: This is The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury To the Glenn Beck program. We don't
1: fix this one problem, and that is the problem of education and what our kids know about America. If all they're learning is in World War II, not Hitler, not the Japanese, just that we dropped bombs and we were immoral, we have no chance of survival. It is crucial that you have real history. May I suggest? You start with the new book, Liars, how progressives exploit our uh, fears for power and control. Real history, all footnoted.
7: The Glenn Beck Program.
0: Mercury.
1: An 11 year old just asked Mike Pence an amazing question. In fact, it had to be a plan. You should get this 11 year old on the air. Um, a very good question. And uh, we'll play Mike's answer and the question coming up in just a second, not necessarily in that order. Um, also, we have, because the Mercury Museum uh, is happening this weekend, we're doing Liars and Liberty. Uh, a take-off of my book on progressivism, but we start early. We start at the Mayflower. A couple of things that have not been seen in public before. Yesterday, on the Blaze TV, on this broadcast, you can check it out on the podcast, um, we showed you the Barack Obama photo album of his childhood. None of those pictures have ever been seen. His two-year-old birthday... And him and Michelle in the full Muslim guard uh, garb, several uh, pictures of that. Coming up uh, this hour, we're going to show you two pieces that have not been seen before. One of them is in this remarkable case that is sitting on my studio floor uh, with a picture of Mount Vernon on it and the George Washington signature inlaid on the side of the box. Well, that's impressive, and what's uh, next to it... Uh, is also impressive and never been seen publicly before. What I have in my pocket is, I think, one of the coolest things yet that uh, that I have seen that is on the floor this weekend at the Mercury Museum. We'll do that, and Stu has some good news on the polls. We begin right now.
0: of entertainment and enlightenment this is the glenn beck program i have to
1: tell you, i'm so excited to show you what i have in my pocket i i saw this come up for sale stop it Stu. he's looking at jeffy when i said that
4: i just i you know heard, that's a that's jeffy like a, line for his good whole line. life good line. i mean he's i mean you almost have to pay him he's copyrighted that phrase i know <laughs> let me show you what i have in my pocket <laughs>
1: very exciting uh, I saw this come up for auction uh, last year, maybe two years ago, and I thought, but I, I'm like, I'm not going to spend the I money. Mean, that's going to that's crazy expensive. But man, would I like to own that? What a cool thing! I just said to Reed Moon, who's a friend, who is his collection is joining mine in the Mercury Museum and a couple of other people and. And I said, so what? what's like the coolest thing? What's the thing that like really sets you off? And he said, I don't even know if you know I have this. And he reached into his pocket <laughs> and he pulled it out. And I'm like, shut up. You're going to love this. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it. And some pieces of history that, you know, you, you just didn't know existed or have not been seen before. I'm so excited for people to come this weekend uh, and see all this lost history. Um, and I am... I am convinced, especially with what David Barton said a little while ago, uh, that uh, what's being taught now about World War II in with Common Core does not include Hitler, does not include Japan and in the bombing. It, it does include us dropping the bomb in uh, Hiroshima and Naka, Na, Nagasaki. Those are two things that happened. Yeah, they are. Without any context of what else was going on, is crazy. The Holocaust is not included.
4: Our kids never forget, but it's not going to be in our history. Like we have no chance of survival uh, without that. It, it makes
1: and this is. I mean, yes, it is a shameless plug, but I don't mean it this way. We have got to start preserving the books that tell the stories. We're telling the stories of the progressives. These stories have all been erased. And Pat, you you've read the book. I don't know if you guys have started it yet, but Pat's read the book and important stories of American history? Oh yeah. Like critically
6: important stories. You've never heard, do you have no idea of? Right. And if you don't know these stories,
1: you don't know how we got here, you don't know how we lost, you you don't know anything. And and it and it shows the root where it came from,
6: why they did it. And stories you've never heard in American history. It helps yeah. you understand these people a little bit better. You know, it does. Because people ask all the time, well, why, why would they why do Why would this? they do that? Well, because a lot went into it. Right. A lot, you, a lot of things. You have a hard time
1: with people who are just evil. I mean, somehow or another, we got around that with, with Hitler. Yeah. But you're, you know, when, when you're looking at an American and you're like, well, why would they do that? That doesn't even make sense. Why, how could, they can't be that evil. Yeah, they were. And
4: if you know their life story, it kind of makes sense that that's the way they turned out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Margaret Sanger springs to mind, which is a story in the book Liars. And and I know you were worried about uh, shameless plugs. Well, go to glenbeck.com slash serials and listen. There's previews This, this last this week, last week and next week are all stories that you can find in the book Liars, and so you got a nice free free preview of that. And If you like those stories, you'll like the book. But either way, the history that you'll learn just in the serials, there's tons of it there.
1: And we have to start teaching this to our kids. We have to start teaching this stuff. Um, Otherwise, we're completely lost. Otherwise, people don't... I mean, that's the problem with what's happening with the election now. Nobody knows who we are. Nobody even knows what the Constitution means. I've got rights. Really? Tell me what they are. Tell me what the first... Ten uh, articles of the uh, of the Constitution are give me give me the Bill of Rights just the first ten. Just give me the first four in the First Amendment. What, well, freedom of speech. No, there, there's four rights in there is there more than four? Maybe five. Is there four or five? Tell me tell me what the Second Amendment is. Do you know what the Fourth Amendment is? If you don't know what the amendments are, how do you know you're losing them? And please don't preach to me about your rights if you can't tell me what your rights are that are enumerated right there. Mm-hmm. We are we're going to be lost. And No, no, no. We are lost. Let's find our way back out. Now, give me the polls. Stu came up with some really depressing polls.
4: Uh, <laughs> if you're, uh, just if so you're, you know, I didn't come up with them. Uh, they are scientific polls taken by multiple polling agencies. In fact, 13 in a row.
5: But you told us. Um,
4: yeah, I, did, did you, I did actually. The, I was the one who right. said that Did you look up to see what,
1: what, what a bottom number is historically? Because this has got to be some of the worst polls. They're the worst polls I've seen that I can remember. Maybe
4: Mondale was polling this horribly. I don't think so. The issue, uh, One of the issues is you can find some of this polling when there's a big third-party candidate. Our early polling of John Anderson in 1980. Um, Ross Perot. Ross Perot at one point was polling near 40 percent on the average oh. 40 he wound up getting 19 in that election um, largely because he dropped out and came third party in. candidate could have could
1: have the right third party candidate here could, could have done 40 percent
4: yeah uh you know gary johnson's gonna try it uh, and so far he's at about 10 to 12 he needs to get to 15 to get to the uh to the um debates uh, but he's running you know i mean right now he does not have the chance the one thing about him that's that is bigger than some of these other candidates with longer and harder roads, is that he's going to be on likely all 50 ballots. Um, So that's something. Um, So anyway, there's a couple pieces of information. We kind of depressed you earlier on the show. Just a quick recap. Pull the band-aid off quickly on the bad news. Okay.
1: Just in case you missed it.
4: Uh, Donald Trump, uh, the last few polls, um, NBC News, Wall Street Journal poll, 4738 Clinton. Uh, Fox News poll forty nine thirty nine Clinton, um, Marist poll forty eight thirty three Clinton a fifteen point lead. So to put that in perspective, when Stu
1: said uh, you have to go back to see some of these polls on how badly people did, uh, you have to go back like you know to like Ross Perot where he had forty, but then he dropped down. I think he's final. I think he finally had like nineteen percent, nineteen percent. So you know, Donald Trump is four points away from the entire um, uh, uh, whole number for Ross Perot difference there's only two of them he's got he's almost 19 points difference
4: from the uh, from the front runner well, and to give you a give you a perspective people are saying ah twelve percent is what Gary Johnson has that's nothing right Which well, is understandable um, it's not a huge number um, but If you were to take 12 percent of Trump voters, if it's 12 percent, 12 points of Trump voters and they switch to the Johnson campaign, Johnson would be ahead of Trump. That's how close we are here. I mean, like that's how I mean. Now, that's a big gap. I'm not saying that they're not like razor thin, but the movement here does not have to be immense. If people started abandoning Trump and went to Johnson, Johnson very well could finish in second place in this election. Wow. Um, and then once you get to second and you're in, do- in the debates, who knows what happens? And you know it's what? Unlikely, especially with awesome. Hillary.
1: No, not necessarily. Especially with Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton is so, yeah. is
4: so bad. And as up to this moment, uh, it's been a very good split with a p- potential slight, uh, you know, uh, lean towards Clinton voters going to Johnson. Uh, Johnson tends to take slightly more Clinton voters than Trump voters. And that's only because of Stein. How many? How much does Stein have? Uh, Stein's around four. Four. Yeah, and about on average, Johnson's around ten. He's hit. He's hit as high as thirteen. It's the highest I've seen him. Um, but that's a really good number for a third party candidate. The system is not built to let third party candidates succeed. Um, they are suing. Uh, Stein and Johnson are both suing um, the debate commission to try to get into the debates with less than fifteen percent. The debate commission has now um uh signaled that they may let someone in the debates if they're within the margin of error of 15 percent, which would mean probably 12 or 13 does it uh for johnson which would be big now that's not confirmed yet but it's it's it actually is possible and and that's largely uh based on you know i wouldn't say it's the strength of gary johnson i think it's the negativity of the of, other two of candidates. the other two w- candidates they're both all right, so give me some give me some good news here. So let me give you some good news on um, one of the big issues. If Donald Trump loses by 13 points or 15 points, as some of these polls are showing, the the bigger disaster might for for many people be what happens down ticket. Um, you know, people are staying home. There's, it's not a competitive election, and that's what I'm really afraid of. Right? Because then you
1: that's have. I'm afraid if we can keep the House and the Senate. If Hillary wins, then we at least. Got a shot we have a shot because because they could stop her they could at least stop be opposition. her. it's not the same as it she's was with barack obama
4: she wouldn't get her tax plan could, right and uh, she's universally hated right yeah. she's and universally hated she is also not particularly good at convincing people of things correct um so if she gets in there she she's not the type of dynamic like her husband type of guy who could bring right. people over to her position right. she's just not good at that so if you, you have a chance got to get something
1: in the it's center. why that you know people always say the lesser of two evils well yes lesser of two evils but there's another one that deals with evil and that is the devil you know is better than the devil that you don't know and I'm not sure that's true because it, we're still talking about the devil um, however um, we do know how the republicans will respond on Hillary Clinton We know that if we have the House and the Senate with Hillary Clinton, we know there will be opposition. And we also know how ineffective she is in getting her agenda done when she's the leader of it. She's horrible. She's just horrible. Um, And so there there is a chance of stopping that agenda. There is no chance of getting anything good done, but there is a chance of stopping the agenda.
4: Right. And that's, you need something. Um and now, so I, so you I'd need, go for a backstop. Yeah. Um, now, Trump came out the other day and was criticizing Kelly Ayotte, um and saying, uh, you know, was not uh, endorsing. I think Pence did finally come out and say he would endorse No, him. he's, he's, there's something, there's some, I've never seen this before. He
1: is, um, he is going and he is
4: disagreeing. With the guy at the top of the ticket. Trump is saying that he, Pence is coming to him and asking if it's okay. And Trump is saying, yes, it's okay. And Pence wouldn't have done it if I didn't give him permission. That's what he's saying. I almost in believe that. Yeah, I mean, I probably I almost is believe I, that. Pence does seem subservient at this yes. point.
1: When does he ever, when does Donald Trump let somebody else disagree with him?
4: Well, he, he's not saying I will never, uh, I will never endorse them. He's just saying I'm not doing it right now. Here's this twelve-year-old kid. Play the twelve-year-old kid in the
5: question.
7: Good morning, hey. Governor Pence. Um, my name is Matthew, and I'm 11 years old. And I've been watching the news lately, and and I've been noticing that you've been kind of softening up on Mr. Trump's um, policies and words. <laughs> is this your role in the? Is this going to be your role in the administration? <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's great. What's your name, son? Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> be arrested. What did him, you so.
10: say that I've been doing?
7: Um, You've been kind of softening up on his birds.
10: <laughs> I mean, absolutely. That's all his roles. Been. Let me tell you, Matthew, number one, this boy's got a future.
5: Um. Uh, 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 I, mean, I, think we, I
1: mean, he's not really saying anything. It's a good way of handling it. Yeah. though. I mean, he's, ha- he's handling it really well, but that kid is sharp. Yeah. That kid is really, really sharp. And that is the job of the vice president, by the way, which is why like I say when he disagrees, it's odd, because... You don't disagree with the top of the ticket, usually. No, you still didn't let me get to my point. I know. Good news coming up in a second. First, this. Class 8 trucks. They are the big semis. These are the ones that haul freight. When we have a lot of semis out, and we have the trains loaded and we have the trucks loaded, it means good things for the economy. Orders for the Class 8 trucks in July came in at 10,500, which is down 57% down 19% for the month before. July marked the 17th consecutive month of year-over-year declines and the lowest reading since February 2010. Even more shocking, the July orders were 77% lower than the peak shipping month recorded in October 2014. Data published by the Department of Transportation shows that freight shipments in the United States peaked in December and have been on a decline ever since. If freight shipping continues to decline at this rate, the economy is toast. Please, I don't know how to say this any stronger. Please call Goldline. Call and find out if gold or silver is right for you. There has to be someone that has something when this goes into shock and we have a banking holiday or whatever comes, and it used to happen about every 15 years. The Fed has changed the entire game, and this is going to make it possibly lights out in parts of the world. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-465-3546. Find out if gold or silver is right for you. One eight six six goldline or goldline.com. At our
4: most basic level, we are all afraid of something. Progressives exploit these fears by offering us solutions based on lies and a hunger for power and control. Get the truth with Liars, a new book by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glenbeckcom liars.
7: This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
1: What do I have in my pocket? I don't want to know. Yeah, well, you're going to want to know in a minute. Do I have in my pocket? (laughs) Uh, That you don't want to know.
4: Um, Okay, good news. Give me good news. Okay, so... promised it. Trump was bragging about how he's running way ahead of Ayod in New Hampshire. The the truth is that that's actually the opposite of of what he said. He's actually been running well behind her, and that's happening in almost every state. In the 10 states sampled... Um, He's behind Kelly Ayotte in every state? <laughs> no. That's wow. weird. That is, oh, that is weird. He's not even running in every <laughs> state. I just said with 10 uh, states. I mean, 10 it's crazy. races. See the, what I did there? Six and a half points uh, by average. He's running <laughs> He's running behind. behind six and a half six points. Six and a half points on average. So, I mean, it, you might say maybe Trump loses uh, some of these states, but... The Senate candidate is, is is able to hold on. No matter if,
6: who the candidate is, he's an average of six points behind. Right. So, I mean, Rubio is
4: wow. way ahead of him in Florida. Kirk is running way ahead in, in Illinois. That's great. Um, and then, I
1: think that's good news. I mean, that if, is really good news. If, if we hang the turnout, on. if right. the turnout, I mean, you could get so depressed, both the Republicans and the Democrats. Yeah. It could be. I, I mean, yeah. remember remember, I, I predicted, what, a year ago, two years ago? That if it was,
6: uh, that if it was uh, Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton... This election this be decided by 19 people. Yeah,
1: this election <laughs> will be, I said at that time, this will be the lowest turnout in in the country's history yeah. per capita. Yeah,
4: yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens with that, but at least there's a chance. The, some of the experts are saying this is not going to hold. Uh, they're going to start bringing down these candidates as well if his numbers stayed this low. But let me give you a little bit, if you are a Trump supporter, we're going to give you a little candy here. Uh, we showed you a graph on Pat and Stu about the a- average convention bounce, what normally happens between candidates when they bounce. Do we have the graph that we can show? Um, if you could see the graph, and we'll put, it's up on my Facebook page, uh, uh, you can see the details. But I've plotted the actual results of the, uh, of the um, polls since the election. The since it's a supposed, convention. A convention. It's supposed to go about four points towards Trump and then bounce back up to about two points for Clinton. Um, in Clinton's favor, the the Trump part of this matched almost exactly. I mean, it almost the purple line. The purple line is the typical bounce. OK, the red X's are the uh, are the Trump uh, uh, situation with Clinton. OK, the issue is that you're seeing now the polls have now increased two or three points above the expected bounce for Clinton. And the getting worse than that is that the recent polls are worse than the first polls. However, it's not that much out of expectations so far. So while it feels apocalyptic, if you're a Trump supporter right now, it's not necessarily yet. We have to get more Uh, information.
6: Yeah.
1: Okay. thank you, Stu. What do I have in my pocket? A piece of history you're
0: going to want to see next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
7: friend
1: of mine and a guy I've done business with and, and purchased some amazing things from, uh, Reed Moon is here. Uh, he runs uh, Moon's Rare Books, uh, and you can find him online. And he has, if you've ever watched the show American Pickers, he's got the upscale, gray poupon American Pickers. He goes in and he finds people who have absolute treasures, and sometimes it takes him years to... Um, to get to know this person and to make them feel comfortable because they 've got something precious that they just don 't want to let go of, and when they get ready to let go, he wants them to know, I will take care of it, I treasure it as much Two and- years to just wear them down
7: right?
1: <laughs> um, and so you just have this gr- you just have this great job um, he 's brought some really amazing things in to show us this is for the um, um, uh, liars or, Liars or Liberty Museum this weekend. Um, so I wanted to talk to him. Hello, welcome, Reed. Great to be here. Okay, so let's start, let's start over here with what you, uh, what you have and what you can show us. Um, start with a thing that has not been seen, and most people don't even know even it exists.
11: That's right. Um, the clue is a picture of a ship up above. That is the 1610 deed to the Mayflower, and it's never been seen in public. Um, if you went to the Smithsonian, you will not see a deed to the Mayflower. It's uh, how much is that worth? One point two five million,
1: and that's that would be a an opening. Oh. Wow. You think, or is that a is that a high price?
11: That's like a. Who's on eBay. Buy it now at one point two, or you're getting close. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: okay. all right. Um, and is that yours, or is somebody yes, else? Yes, that's, that's, that's yours. Yeah. Wow. Um, Somebody to hold that for you this weekend, make sure it's okay or anything? Uh, no, you know we've
1: got security you? and they have your picture, Jeffy. <laughs> um okay, show this show this piece over here. <clears throat> this is so cool. If you if you're not watching television, this is a huge box. Uh, one of the nicest pieces of furniture I've ever seen. Inlaid, it has a uh inlaid wood that looks like Mount Vernon and has GW in his signature inlaid into the wood on the side and then two giant doors that open up on top
5: so let's open this up did you know this existed
11: no okay um tell me about it well right here it says this indenture
5: which which means what
11: like a deed okay it's a deed it's an older word for deed Mm -hmm. and even this document this indenture yeah they both start out the same way okay Uh, This one's uh, about 150 years later. And you can turn this this over and see who signed it. G. Washington. And that's his his signature. That's
1: his signature. And what this is, is this is the deed to Mount Vernon. Uh, So, I mean, Mount Vernon doesn't even have this. That is
5: truly remarkable
4: Oh no you're not calling out Mount Vernon again I, know, are not you? Again.
5: I don't want to hear deal with this I already had to fight with them Stop <laughs> fighting with Mount Vernon
4: I am just saying I'm just saying
1: you're talking Mount Vernon that. doesn't have it but <laughs> It's not like I'm talking smack about the Vernon chicks I'm not <laughs> All right bring it on Mount the Ladies Vernon. of Mount Vernon are actually very nice uh and they have they're the ones who have the 10 million dollar
11: did that go for ten million? Ten million. George Washington's copy of the Constitution, annotated.
1: Yeah, I'm actually glad it went to Mount Vernon because sure. you know it, it can at least be seen. Uh, you know, like this, the deed to the, the Mayflower, never seen, never seen. So okay, show me what else you've got. you got a couple of things. Reed brought in a couple of pieces of American uh, pop history. Uh, show the uh,
11: show the piece of the desk. Well, we've already taken it out right. right? from the Resolute Desk. But if you've seen National Treasure Book of Secrets, yeah. this is part of the treasure map. Yeah, that is the, yeah. This is the prop from the movie.
1: Remember they take it out oh, from yeah. the, the Resolute
11: Desk? Oh, that's really cool. We also have the Hunger Games Bowl where they were fishing out which which is it Actually that will be in the next one it's not here You don't have time. it yet Okay oh my God. Well no have you it Have it, it. Okay. little few complications okay.
4: okay Jeffy will be having a showing of his photos of Jennifer Lawrence though if you want to <laughs> uh, That's it Right okay that's Behind really the building.
11: good building, um, and the envelope <laughs> If you saw the very first Harry Potter movie you would have seen one of these flying around and that is the, room. the It's uh, his invitation to Hogwarts with the return address hogwarts so what do i have in to mr pocket. h potter what do i have in my pocket cool. hey, would you do would you do
1: the deal with the b here the the letter oh, from sure. the b this is a, this is really great and, and I, I don't know about the mother Teresa letter i have not seen this so i don't know what she said in that but why don't you show those two things real quick and then what do i have in my pocket my children are on stage with us now because Rafe is a huge fan, and I told Reed when, I, when he showed this to me, I was like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, my son will go crazy.
11: But okay, go ahead, show okay. this. Okay, uh, this is a letter, 1784, written to then-Governor John Hancock of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. He served valiantly in the Revolutionary War. Re- this is a badge of merit. Received a badge of merit from George Washington, He fell on hard times, felt compelled to steal some things, including a loaf of bread. I mean, it's like Jean Valjean. Here's a guy who's a hero, falls on hard
1: times, steals a loaf of bread. It happens. Right. It happens. Right, right. So he steals a loaf of bread. This is the Jean Valjean story. Now listen to what they were going to do to him.
6: Wait, John Hancock
1: stole a loaf of bread? No, 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 no. This is a letter to John
6: Hancock. (laughs) Happens to everyone, Pat. Wait a minute. No. No. John Hancock didn't steal. (laughs) This was
1: a guy who was a revolutionary badge of merit winner. Remember, you didn't get the badge of merit without being an honorable man. He
11: confessed fully. He says, yes, it was me. I accept that. They said you'll need to pay treble damages. No problem. Six months in jail? No problem. But it's the third thing he is asking John Hancock, please do not let my accusers brand the letter B on my forehead. (laughs) That was the punishment for bandit. Oh, wow.
1: And so he said, look, I served honorably, and George Washington gave me the badge of merit himself. Please. I admit it. I've fallen on hard times. I stole a loaf of bread. That's Do really we know? Did he get the brand or not? No. George
11: John Hancock intervened. And,
6: oh, that's great. Oh, wow, that's
1: great. Yeah. Uh, real quick, the Mother Teresa.
11: Mother. Most people don't remember when Mother Teresa died. That's because she died four days after Princess Diana. Oh, my gosh. Right. Mm-hmm. So they don't remember that. Always if happen. you look at the date, this is written just a few weeks before. A young man asked for her autograph. Hang on just a second.
1: Stu does not believe that. I'm telling you, there's proof right there. It's two. There was another one that died, too. Well, there's more than one other person that died in that general time. I'm telling you, there was another celebrity. I don't know who it was, but there was another celebrity that died around that time. It always happens at threes. Anyway, go ahead, read. A young man asked
11: for her autograph. She knows she's weeks maybe away from dying, but she takes time to respond. But before she gives him his autograph, she gives him some advice to follow the rest of his life. So this is the letter that she wrote, what she's writing. Dear Richard, thank you for your kind letter. However, more important than autographs is what we do for Jesus and through him for others. Look around you and see there are so many in this world who are lonely, unwanted, and have no one to call their own, maybe even in your own home. It's easy to love people far away. It's easy to give a cup of rice to relieve hunger. And... But more important is to relieve the loneliness and pain of someone unloved,
1: Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa, that is great. It's nice. And you camped out in front of that kid's house until he until you could <laughs> pry it out of his cold hands. Um, okay, in my pocket. They first, they first made. Well, they how many rings? They make four rings, and then
11: this is the original. Tell me about this one first. Okay. Um, when they went to New Zealand to make the movies, they found a um, jeweler named Jens Hansen, and they said, "We would like you to make the ring, one ring to rule them all." This is the very first one. It's skinnier than the others, but this is the first prototype. That's the first prototype,
1: and then of course, there's Lord of the Rings. There's Probably. one ring. There's one ring to rule them all. And this has the actual words, the writing on it. is that
11: unbelievable, And you said you have shown these to people and oh, they get very emotional uh, they they 've read the books perhaps many times they 've seen the movies, but to actually see an original artifact, it just blows there's something them away.
1: to that movie and that story I mean. Peter Jackson did it right. I don't know how you'd ever make that movie better than what they made. Uh, Well, they could start by getting some of it accurate to the book. But uh, beyond that, I mean, it was really made right. We watch it at least once a year. Rafe and I, we watch it. We stay up until in the middle of the night, and we watch it just a marathon of all of them and watch them. It is such a tremendous story. So
6: that's the actual ring they
11: used in the movie? No. The no? original prototype. It's like, okay, oh. that's the way it's going to be. Okay. Because Peter Jackson did not sell... And they made, the and they also made, what, 30 of these rings? About 30 of them that were used throughout the yeah, set. So they had a big drawer of rings in case they needed, where's the ring? And so they had the ring. So, um, but when they, that silver one is the first time they present a ring, how about this? Uh, close, let's work on it, make it a little thicker. Yeah. And but that's. And I it. was
1: surprised. I saw this come up for auction. And I was surprised that you know so much of really important stuff that came
6: from that movie, all up for sale. I mean, they just, everything's got to go. Well, the actual ring uh, wound up in, of course, magma. Uh, right. And so it's right. lost forever. Right. right? So I mean,
1: yeah, that's it. not the one they use. That's not the actual. That's yeah, not the actual ring because they threw that in the. 5000 Yeah, they threw ring. that in the fires of Mordor. Right. So <laughs> you have that. It's really. <clears throat> that's it's pretty really cool. Really beautiful. That's cool. What, whatever happened to this jeweler? Is he a famous jeweler uh, in New Zealand? He or?
11: passed away. His son now runs his company. Yeah. Is he a famous jeweler or is he just a guy who just kind of. He's famous because he made the ring. Wow. Mm. wow. But he was. I'm sure highly recommended, and that's why they went to him in the first place. So um, you want to come
1: see the Mercury Museum. First of all, you get a quick tour of it online. Um, just go to the Blaze TV, uh, theblaze.com slash TV. And it was yesterday's episode that I, um, uh, that I did um, at 5 o'clock yesterday that we just took people through as we were setting stuff up. So you'll be able to see some of these things. Um, also, the podcast, uh, you can be able to watch the podcast of the radio and you can see some of these things. Or you can come. Uh, we do have some tickets still available this weekend. We expect to be sold out. So grab your tickets now. Go to Liars or Liberty. Is it Liars or Liberty or Liars and Liberty? you put Liars that up on the screen for me? Or. Liars, or or. Liars or Liberty. Liars or Liberty. LiarsorLiberty.com. And uh, we'll see you this weekend. And people like uh, Reed are going to be there to be able to actually tell you the history behind Uh, all of the stuff that that we are showing. So join us this weekend um, at Liars or Liberty at the Mercury Museum. Now this. Does lying on your mattress in a showroom for two minutes let you know if it's the mattress for you? No. Um, What if you could lie on your mattress for a 100 nights and then decide if it's the right mattress? That's what Casper has done. Now, Casper has done something with a foam mattress they are actually, Time Magazine named them one of the best inventions of 2015 because they have, re, um, they have uh, reformulated the way the foam is actually made. So, A, it, it doesn't stink like foam mattresses do, which is awful. Um, and then the second thing is it doesn't keep you hot. I didn't know this about a foam mattress until I brought the wrong one. They trap heat, and you wake up sweating in the, mil- in the middle of the night, and it's a billion degrees. It's really tough try Casper out for a hundred nights. I didn't find out about the boiling hot thing while I was, you know, laying there in the showroom floor, or the mattress thing. Um, But now, Time Magazine says, best invention, because they've reinvented the mattress, but more importantly, they've reinvented the way mattresses are sold. You don't have to go to a store. They send it to you. If you don't like it, they 100% refund your money, um, and they'll even pay for the shipping, and they pick it up and take it away for you. So, you got nothing to lose. And it's a great mattress. Uh, right now, you also get $50 off, or, off the purchase of your mattress if you go to Casper.com. That's Casper.com and use the promo code back. Casper.com. Terms and conditions do apply. Promo code back at Casper.com.
0: You're listening to the Glenn Beck program. Back pro-
1: okay, so uh, Jeffy's handing something out. What's that? This, that's is, a,
6: this is a reprogram. Reporter of Donald Trump's hand. It's small. I mean, my hands are small. From the Hollywood, you do have small hands, but they're they're not yours. They are my own. Shut up. And I will not be broke. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, my hands are bigger than this. I okay, love it. so I love it. Now, 1997.
5: Like uh, shot in New York, uh, Madame Tussauds Museum yeah. came and measured him all up for a, 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 a oh, wax enemy. In- yeah, and uh, it's not on display now, but they're on the wall at the museum. They have a picture of him, ex- <laughs> wax-
4: Mm-hmm.
5: The wall. This is from that. So this is his
1: hand. Oh
6: my gosh, it is and a hand mold. It
1: didn't look, it didn't, I'm at least an inch and a half larger.
6: Yeah, you're about his height. Uh, my hands are bigger than this. I okay, love it. So I love it.
5: Uh, 1997, uh, shot New York, uh, Madame Tussauds Museum yeah. came and measured him all up for uh, a, a, a yeah. wax dummy. In- yeah, and uh, it's not on display now, but they're on the wall at the museum. They have a picture of him, ex- ex- Mm-hmm. The wall. This is from that.
1: So this is his hand. Oh my gosh, it is and a hand mold. It didn't look, it didn't, I'm at least an inch
4: and a half larger. Yeah, you're about his height. Uh, Small. I taller see, than right. than I am. I'm, but uh, yeah, according but, to
5: he's the six so, two, right? He's six. Yes. Two. You're what six three, Glenn? Um. Yeah. He's, eh, six two and a half. Uh, according to another story on uh, hand size, uh, Donald Trump, is mm. uh, only tinier than eighty five percent of the men. Uh, in, is in the United States. Is, is uh, smaller than eighty five percent of of men? Yes. This really bothers yes. him. It Does.
6: Oh my this god. It bothers him. It so bothers
1: why? Would you I mean your hands are small. Is your are your hands smaller? They're bigger
6: than his. Yeah.
1: Your hands because. are bigger? I don't know. <laughs> Even though wow. my
4: hands
6: are small. I know. I know. Oh, you have like <laughs> you <laughs> have like godly <laughs> small hands.
4: I don't think than his. least yeah. really small hands. He just, keep like leprechaun hands. He just no. keeps
6: saying no. the Jewel. Just keeps saying
4: the Jewel lyrics over and over again. He's <laughs> no, starting to believe he does.
6: It. No, he doesn't. Program. Measure your
7: not